inescapable love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast for two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Chardonnay, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about chapter 23, part two. Uh, we're now at the dancing part of the ball. And the weird sisters are jamming out in whatever fuck genre of music they play. Poverty saves Harry from looking completely incompetent during this first very awkward dance. Harry shortly after ditches his date to hang out with Ron, who is in a full lather about Hermione being at the ball with Crumb. After Ron is a complete dick to both Hermione and Padma, the boys ditch the ball completely to overhear some plot stuff from our two ex-death eaters, Snape and Karkaroff. Then they overhear that Hagrid comes out to Madame Maxine as a half-giant, which turns out is another magical being that which he was discriminated against. Harry is not at all fun night as capped off by Cedric giving him a, sol- a very solid hint about the egg, and Hermione telling Ron where to shove his judgy, jealous feelings. Yep. We are going to start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Report reveals that maze of rosebushes full of students is not the best place to hold sensitive private conversations. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) Who would have thought? So we're going to turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Seriously, what genre of music are the Weird Sisters? I think my note is that they sound like they're the Arcade Fire. (laughs) I feel like my initial instinct is like ska punk, because their aesthetic is very like ZZ Top meets punk, but also there's a bagpipe and a lute, and I'm just like... And like a bunch of guitars. That's why I went Arcade Fire. I was like, there's like 16 people... (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, the music is, like, real weird, because one song sounds like a dirge. Like, that sounds, that sounds Arcade Fire to me. Okay. All right. I accept this, because I was really just like, what the fuck? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It's very confusing. (laughs) So I just really love uh, Fred and Angelina's wildly enthusiastic dancing that we have mentioned here. It just made me really happy. I felt I felt they have their own personal mosh pit. Which sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have this anywhere else, but is Madame Mixine like nine feet tall? She's the same height as Hagrid. She's 12 feet, apparently. Because okay. also the description of like Dumbledore, who I think is like six feet, like not even coming up to her chin, like his hat comes up to her chin. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was, I just couldn't remember. Well, I mean, Harry says there's not an inch height difference between Hagrid and madame maxime so and if hagrid is you know twice as tall as what are we i keep wanting to say mortal that's not the word human man which i think (laughs) the average height is like 
five nine globally, something like that. So sure. she's she's like almost almost twelve feet tall. Yeah, you love to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we get this little scene or description of um, Dumbledore and Sprout are dancing together, and McGonagall is dancing with Bagman, and I just wrote, "All the gays are together." <laughs> It's they so have their cute. own private dance party. It's they great. are. Um, I just want to talk about Harry silently observing Ron's like sexual jealousy, like tailspin, and he, who is like, and I feel like his vibe is like, "Don't look at me. Don't mention my name. I'm not a part of this." <laughs> and then Ron is like, "Is it like you don't want Harry to win?" And Harry's like, "I don't literally do not care what Hermione does." <laughs> <laughs> Harry's trying so hard not to be noticed. He, like, doesn't even have any of his own thoughts to fill in. He's just, like, watching this unfold. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I I can identify with that. Um, so, yeah, continuing my front page here of just, like, very short observations of things that make me happy. My next one is Ali Bashir is smuggling in fr- flying carpets. Good for him. You know, this actually is perfect because uh, I really want to know more about this black market flying carpet industry yeah. <laughs> that exists. Enough for him to be smuggling in enough carpets to be noticed by the mm-hmm. ministry. Because I don't think it's like, it's not like two or three. You could you could conceivably smuggle in two or three of anything, really. Mm-hmm. So it must be like 50 mm-hmm. or something. I mean, I'd buy one. Uh, Hell yeah, I would buy one. Yeah, fuck, fuck this broom nonsense. Exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad we put that first. So I, feel <laughs> I only just realized it in this reading, in which obviously we get the foreshadowing, the whatever it's maybe not quite foreshadowing of Harry looking at Rita when she's in her animagus form. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, Harry's like. This is a Christmas party. It is the dead of winter in Scotland. There's a fucking bug just crawling the statue. That seems legit. Mm-hmm. I wondered that too. I was like, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs are not a traditional Yuletide decoration. <laughs> like, you're just like, yep, totally fine. Totally normal place for a bug to be. Which is not what you think when you see a bug in the middle of winter. You're like, where the fuck did you come from? I know. Yeah. I. <laughs> if it was me, I definitely would have been like, oh, little beetle. Like, how did you, where did you come from? You're so cold. We should let you live in the dungeons of Hogwarts. Like, scooping it up. <laughs> right. Let me just let you go in the, like, greenhouse. It's, like, warm in there. I'm sure you'll find something to eat. Exactly. Oh, wow. So when I take out all of my personal stuff, I only have one more thing on the front page. Cool. No, me too. So here's my last thing is that I I don't know why I just put this together, but like every time Snape walks, his cloak is billowing. 
always. And that I just realized that that means that it's made of a very lightweight, flowy material. So he's walking around in like a satin cloak, <laughs> which is so funny. I mean, you know, satin. I mean, it could be it could be very lightweight velvet. Maybe is velvet too heavy? You think? I feel like velvet's too heavy because you know if it's billowing when there's not a wind, and he's not running. <laughs> then this is a very lightweight material. It could be silk. It could be silk. I'm like, you know, you live, like you live at your job and you eat at your job. Like where else is your money going to besides a silk, a silk cloak? (laughs) (laughs) A like incredibly like deep black silk cloak. Yeah, exactly. True. (laughs) I mean, yes. For once, Snape has his priorities right. (sighs) And my last thing is that I feel so bad that Harry, he has this moment where it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't really care that Hagrid's a half giant. And Ron makes him feel like complete crap for not buying into like the everyday bigotry of the witching world. And it's like, no, Harry, you shouldn't feel bad about this. You should be like, okay, so yeah, I've met Hagrid. <laughs> right. She's great. Who gives a fuck? That is the correct response. Yeah, it really is. Ron is still um, not in my good graces, shockingly. So, Oh my god, I have so many things. I feel mm-hmm. like I should have maybe read that Ron Defense email. I didn't end up. Oh, don't worry. I put it in my notes. Okay. All <laughs> right. Great. Talk about it. Excellent. Perfect. Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school. I do not have anything here, so this is all you. Okay, number one. As much as we talk about how ridiculous it is that the castle isn't heated properly, I feel like given the description and everyone's actions that this like rosebush hedge, romantic hedge maze is is kind of heated, you Mm -hmm. know? Like Harry and Ron are wearing coats. It's, again, December in North Scotland. So... It must be warm. It must be heated. It must have some kind of like warming charm, but not the fucking castle you live in the other nine months of the year. I feel irrationally angry about this. Oh no, it's not irrational. You are feeling the appropriate <laughs> level of angry about this. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 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 right. God damn it! What I know this fucking school. This, this goddamn school. school. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yep. What's your other thing? My other thing is how the fuck is Carker off a principal? Like he just he doesn't he doesn't seem qualified. He's an ex Death Eater. I mean, I guess Hogwarts is any better. Snape's working there for like the past however many years, twelve years. Right. But like, I mean, I guess it is sort of questionable what any of the headmasters do. What does Dumbledore do? Who the fuck knows? So. I don't know. It just have you watched have you watched any of the show Abbott Elementary? I have not even heard of that show. It is very good. It is a like half an hour office esque comedy, but it's about teachers in a like inner city Philadelphia school. And it's headed up by so it's like a like majority black cast. And anyway, so the principal in that show isn't at all qualified to be a principal. She got it because she basically blackmailed someone in her church who's a superintendent to give her that job so she like 
is a terrible principal. <laughs> and I'm just like, did Cock wait, like did Cocker blackmail someone to get this job? Like what are your call what are your qualifications? I feel like from what we've seen, I just don't I just don't know. I don't know either, especially because it doesn't seem like he's from the area that this school is in. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he went there, like like he's an alumni of the school. Alumni is plural, I think. Alumnus something. Whatever. I don't think he Whatever. went there. Yeah. Um it's very confusing. I think for a long time I had the impression that he had started the school, but I don't think that's correct. No, I don't think so either. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just like bribed his way in. He had a bunch of money, like something. Yep. So, because like it just doesn't make any sense. And especially given this like thing, like he used to live in the UK being a Death Eater. And then he ran to Bulgaria to like be this principal at some point. I mean, given that he isn't from there, he could have just made like an entirely fake resume and like who's checking they don't have phones like they're using an owl to check he could just give like the wrong address for his references and like respond his own self you know i think i think lockhart proves to us that it's very easy to be a scammer in mm-hmm. the witching world like mm-hmm. it's right there's like not really any way of confirming much information that you would think you would need to confirm right and so right if you just roll up and said that like oh i was like this really great teacher at hogwarts i'd be like yeah okay cool yeah come teach here or whatever right. exactly yeah no cockroach is probably a scammer you're 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 correct <laughs> welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up like the fact that mad eye moody's eye can look through people's clothing this is also my first thing because poverty is right that's fucked up it is deeply fucked up and it's like it is so it's deeply fucked up but it's also like i mean this is his like you know accessibility thing that he needs to see but it's but it's weird that like it also just violates all these students privacy i mean it is and it isn't he people see with one eye all the time Mm mm-hmm and I'm sure there are also magical eyes that are not, like, you know, see-through, walls, clothes, everything um, yeah. powered, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is deeply disturbing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have next? I feel like the only mention of Ali Bashar is the, like, only mention of like of a person from an arabic speaking country and it's like the only example of anyone from a, like an arabic speaking country and i just want to point that's fucked up mm-hmm. i mean of course do we want scoundrel to like write a character from like the middle east no I, we, as we've all learned true but like once again wild there aren't any muslim kids at this fucking school mm-hmm I'm just shaking my head, everyone. Sorry, I know you can't hear that. Yeah. Um, so that actually transitions really nicely. I actually, I have a couple different um, listener messages in this section today. Okay. And the first one that I want to read was sent to us via Instagram. So this person said, 
As a brown POC, I've always thought that Harry and Ron quote-unquote settling for Parvati and Padma for their Yule Ball partners was a microaggression. In JK's eyes, Harry would never have considered Parvati an actual love interest because she's brown and not worthy of real love. Then on top of that, Harry and Ron treat the twins so poorly at the actual ball, ignoring them and ditching them for a walk together in the garden. It's always made me feel horrible reading those chapters. Poor Padma, poor Parvati. They deserve so much better. Yet another example of JK's foul opinions and lack of intersectionality. Crying emoji. Yes, I do think the way that Harry and Ron treat both both of the twins is atrocious. Yeah, like, I mean, Harry just disrespects the fuck out of Poppy in this chapter. Like, he's not even looking at her face when they're dancing. He's, like, looking all around. Which, I mean... I know that, like, eye contact is not a thing that people who are... That is a thing that sometimes people who are neurodiverse can't do. Mm-hmm. But we're not reading Harry like that. So he's just, like, ignoring the fuck out of the person. He's like, he's like, they are touching and mm-hmm. dancing. And he's, like, not even fucking looking at her. I'm like, really? And it's just like, she does not such a big, like, solid of being like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, you asked me, like, two days before this ball, I'll go out with you, you know? I know. So, and I mean, Ron is just a complete, like, piece of shit to Padma. And honestly, I'm glad that they got to go dance and hang out with some like fun, like French boys. Yeah, I agree. Fuck these, like, fuck these kids. <laughs> I know. I know. It is. It's a bad look. It is a bad look. And just like, I don't know, just like sort of like unnecessarily cruel. Like Ron does cruel shit this all the time. And in this chapter, we literally see it. But it's kind of like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, I think speaking to like this uh this message specifically the fact that it's not written as in a way that sort of indicates to the reader that there's anything really wrong with the way that harry and ron are treating the twins is especially fucked up and i think that's where this sort of like you know microaggression reading comes in because it is it very much points to jk rowling thinking not thinking of these characters as people worthy of respect you know yeah yeah it it is very micro aggression which is why i'm like and i feel like them being like overly nice is just being like you know in your brain that they're fucking being fucking garbage humans you're just like Ugh. yeah i just want to be like fuck you harry potter but i can't, you know but uh people of color learn to deal with microaggressions by being very nice very early so and it's a hard thing to unlearn yeah. And that's just what is just more frustrating. So mm-hmm. just like just be an asshole back. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do super love that they that both of them just leave. They're just like, goodbye. You guys suck. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go hang out with these like hot upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. You know? Like that's the dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it is just yeah, the optics of just this chapter are, re- are just real bad. Exactly. What do you have next? Percy talks about the international ban on dueling. Who the fuck is enforcing this? Like, what does that even mean? Um, and obviously I'm not a... I'm, I, I don't know enough about, like, real-world politics to be like, who enforces, like, war crimes and shit? I don't fucking know. Right. But I just, I'm just I'm not sure if this, like, makes any sense from what we know of the world building. Which is that, like, all the countries seem very separate 
and like just doing things totally differently except like legally except for like oh don't tell the muggles that we exist Mm -hmm. and so i'm like what does it having an international ban even mean if like there isn't even a like un ish kind of organization and maybe this is just like i mean a very like ignorant american thing for me to just be like i don't understand and then like maybe it's just like dueling to the death i'm imagining obviously Mm -hmm. but like Voldemort is out here murdering slash dueling with a lot of people. Like, doesn't that mean that he is committing international crimes and thus should have some sort of, is breaking this international ban? So, like, I mean, I don't know. Because everyone's just treating, like, Voldemort's like, you know, that's a, that's a y'all problem. Which, granted, for the most part, yes, it is. But I'm just kind of like, that's why I'm like, how does this fucking, you can't just throw in something about an international ban when, like, nothing in this world supports even having a concept like that in the witching world. Yeah. So. That's a very good point. Um, so I'm going to read another uh, fan letter. We got this email after our episode with Frankie. So that's specifically what this person is referencing. They said, I just wanted to give a plug for Ron as someone who identifies with him really deeply. Y'all were really hard on him this episode. His misogyny and fragile masculinity is a major character flaw that we're all glad he grows out of, and you're right to criticize. But I'm also sure there's some internalized homophobia raging around his head, too. And I know that I'm the least impressive slash youngest of my siblings and also the least interesting person in all of my friend groups, but loyalty and grounding still have their place. I Like, my first response like initial reaction upon reading this was like if you can say i'm the ron you are not the ron yeah you know what i mean like being the youngest being the least impressive being the least interesting in your friend group those are not the things that make ron the ron yeah ron is the ron because he is a self-centered selfish bad friend and like kind of bad person um those are the things that were hard on him about and i know that in the episode with frankie we were talking about like right he's not impressive like he can't do anything but we're talking about those things in the context of how highly he thinks of himself and how he holds himself to be so much better than everyone around him with no evidence to back that up which you shouldn't do even if you have the evidence to back it up being good at things doesn't make you better than other people but like the criticism of ron's mediocrity is in reference to the way that ron moves through the world it's not a criticism of mediocrity there's nothing wrong with being mediocre so like yeah i don't know i i don't know that it makes sense for this writer to necessarily identify with ron as as much as you maybe do, I think that you sound like you're much better than Ron Weasley. Yeah, and I think that I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this, and that I think that there's a reason why a lot of media has a character where it's like, I'm not super powered, I'm not a chosen one, I don't have these like extra abilities. But, like, what makes me an important part of the group is that I'm a, like, loyal go-getter, you know, helping out, like, the gang. Mm -hmm. 
like this shows up, I mean, even within their podcast, it shows up with Xander, who we also have deep, deep, deep criticisms for. But like that is sort of his place in the group. And when I was joking with Frankie about having like trying to make like a like a chart, it's because this character shows up so often, it's really easy to be like, you can have like someone from something like Insecure, which isn't, it isn't a genre show, but you have a Ron character. You know, you have a Ron character in Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm trying to, and I'm like, I can't think of any other examples. I'm like trying to. <laughs> I think we could, um, like Mickey and Rory from Doctor Who could both be considered the Rons in some ways. Yeah, and you're right. And yeah, like like the like the Rory. And I think that there are good ways to have that play out in media and there are bad ways to have that play out. And I think the worst like Ron isn't even the worst of this. Like Xander is the worst of this. Xander doesn't I feel like Xander's growing character arc is actually worse than Ron's. I agree with you, but I I think we need to point out that the thing that people like to point to with Ron is loyalty, and he is so much less loyal than Xander is. Xander can be <laughs> so angry and like butthurt and having all of the feelings about Buffy and Willow and whatever, and he will always show up. Ron pieces the fuck out from Harry and Hermione's life like once a book because he gets upset about something that's like not even justifiable to get upset about. Like, I don't know that he that he is loyal. Like just having a dog Patronus doesn't make you a loyal person. <laughs> um I don't know. I think I maybe don't necessarily feel the same way about his piecing out once a book the same way, just because I feel like it kind of feels realistic, I guess. Even if it's not great. I think that being like actually I really don't know about this shit. And then being like I came to my senses. I'm back. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I just think, I guess it just really depends on like what. I just feel like I could make a list of like friends that Harry and Hermione have that are more loyal than Ron. And it's like kind of long and there aren't that many characters in this book. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it for me just comes down to like, I think maybe just part of it is I think I maybe just like cut Ron more slack being younger than say Xander when the things that they are doing are happening. And I feel like Ron would never do Hermione as dirty as Xander did Anya. Cause like even this, like his like fucking hissy fit in this chapter is like, he obviously built up a whole bunch of shit in his head, but like didn't like only he knows about his okay i'm not trying to argue that ron is worse than xander i'm saying that ron is not as loyal as xander the thing that people always like want to talk about with ron is how loyal he is and i just don't think that he is loyal i think this is something that we have been given is like ron is loyal but you can't just say something and make it true that's not how it works and i don't think that he shows that the way that we're told that he does i also like don't forgive people very easily so like (laughs) ron doing what he did at the beginning of this book would have been the end of me and ron's friendship if i was harry and i don't think that harry should have taken him back without ron doing a lot of work to 
process like what had happened and he doesn't do that and then he continues to have these like really inappropriate and like cruel reactions to things that his friends do that they don't have control over or like that they don't have any reason to think will upset him and he keeps being forgiven and i don't think like other people just tolerating your bad behavior is the same as you being loyal to those people Mm. okay yeah i guess i just don't feel like that is as much of a deer breaker but i think i am also extremely forgiving of people (laughs) i mean to the point of it sometimes being detrimental to my life which i am working on but Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if I was also 14, I would be very forgiving of Ron, I think. I mean, adult me and, like, someone acting like Ron acts, like, as an adult, I would be like, oh, fuck no. But I don't know. I think we should continue. I think we should definitely continue this conversation about, or remember this. Also, sorry, uh, I found the the TV Trips entry of, like, other people who are like the Ron. Mm-hmm. And good examples, Silent Bob from all of the movies. Woody from all of the Toy Story movies is also a good one. Uh, they say PETA from the Hunger Games, but I'm actually not sure about that. I don't think PETA is the Ron. Isn't he? Is he? Kind of. Oh, oh, man. They also suggest that... Cordelia in specifically Angel is like because the the role is like the heart you know and which is kind of like the role that a lot of like Ron type characters have it's like that is your power you know so I just still don't see where Ron shows that where does Ron demonstrate to us that he is the heart like where how is he binding Harry and Hermione together how is he like strengthening what they're able to do how what is he doing besides like being mean to both of his friends and also making both of them look bad by proximity because he's mean to other people and they don't say anything to him like what is he and i'm i mean through all seven books because i don't i don't see ron having the kind of character growth that other people have he still leaves because hermione won't feed him like a baby in book seven (laughs) like is it because he, like, figures out how to speak parcel tongue to go get the basilisk fangs? Is that the moment that we're all supposed to be like, oh, you do have a purpose? I don't know. Okay, I think, I mean, I think a little bit is, besides in this book and in Deathly Hollows, like, Ron is still extremely ride or die for Harry. And Harry goes through a lot of shit where, like, and I, I mean, I think part of it is a little, is, like, trauma bonding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Harry just doesn't have as many people in his corner as he could and so it's like and i think it's a little bit like obviously ron has the capacity just to completely be done with this off with all of this but like doesn't which is it i mean which i definitely understand like isn't a very like glowing moral character stance to have but the bar is pretty low is the reason that Harry's not closer friends with Neville and Luna because Ron is constantly making fun of Neville and Luna and making Harry think poorly of them because he would be embarrassed to be like, I want to be friends with these people because Ron would fucking judge him for it, which he would. Oh, fuck, you're right. <sighs> fuck, that's a good point. 
I'm just saying, I think that if Ron had seen Luna's mural on her ceiling of, like, the the Friends mural, Ron would have laughed at it. <sighs> to all the Ron kids out there, I'm really trying to defend your boy, but these are some really <laughs> damn, this is some really damning evidence. <laughs> Sorry, apparently I, like, have no room for Ron today. I think on another day I would probably, like, have more empathy i don't know something in the air right now but i'm like "Mm -mm, no get rid of this character this person actually went on in their email to be like shepherd is the the ron of the simon snow universe like a better example i can i can see how like he is like he would be on that list that you're referencing right like sort of serving the same function but like I don't know, one of them is nice and one of them isn't. And I just think that's like a really fucking important distinction. <laughs> that is true. Ron is not a nice person or a kind person. No, and I almost corrected myself and changed that to kind because that really is what I mean. Well, at least to all of our Ron defenders out there, there are other characters you should you could identify with who are like a Ron character, but nicer, <laughs> kinder people. Yeah, and again to the to this letter writer, I completely understand like why the traits that you're describing in yourself would make you be like I identify with Ron. Um I think you're much much better than Ron and I'm glad that you have read the Simon Snow trilogy and can identify with Shepard instead because that sounds like a much more appropriate person for you to identify with. I do love Shepard wholeheartedly 100%. I would Mary Shepard, like in a fucking heartbeat. Um, we should move on, but if there's like this chapter specific round things, I think this is probably when we should talk about them. Okay, I feel like I'm about to go back on my uh, defense in this because like Ron's behavior in the second part of this chapter is like out of control. It's like jealousy and anger. It like I think it actually does genuinely catch Harry and Hermione off guard because just like what bro what are you talking about there was absolutely no lead up to this Mm -hmm. and he's just like frothing at the mouth like about this like grand betrayal that Hermione did when it's just like you didn't communicate this to anyone no no one knows what you're talking about and it's becoming very clear that you are obviously jealous is really the real root of this but you're only making yourself look ridiculous because no one else knows what is happening right I mean, I'm sure that Padma, who is also awkwardly sitting next to Ron with this oh is like... I, sorry, I went back and reread <laughs> the part where Parvati leaves like 10 times to make sure that Padma hadn't left with her because I was like, no. she can't still be sitting there. She can't still she, be sitting She is in she's, fact still sitting there. She's right probably, there. Probably with the most, are you fucking kidding me, white boy look on her face ever, ever. She should have cursed him. I swear. Oh my god. I like can't even imagine like when Hermione got up to the dorm, the poverty was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the actual fuck Hermione is wrong with your friend? Truly. Uh, yeah. Like they're attracting attention. <laughs> like, like there's like loud music people playing. What's the like, what is going on over there? Um... And, like, he starts off the most ridiculous way, which is, like, how dare you call your date by his first name? And it's like, bro, <laughs> Hermione's not the one with the Funko Pop of him in his room right now. Okay? <laughs> like, 
What are you doing? <clears throat> Truly. This so it's just it's so out of control. It's and the, like the things he says to her and the way he argues with her, where he's changing topics so quickly that she can't keep up, which is such a like deeply fucked up argument tactic to use. It's such a good way to like disarm and derail someone trying to actually like address the things that you're bringing up. Like, I feel panicky reading the way that Ron is arguing with Hermione. The fact that he insinuates that, like, no one would possibly actually want to go to the the prom with her, that, like, Crumb must have ulterior motives to, like, even think of taking her. Yeah, it is. It's real bad. It's real bad. Like... I don't know. I feel like in some ways this is honestly worse than him bouncing in Deathly Hollows. Because at least in Deathly Hollows, it's like he's been wearing a fucking piece of Voldemort's soul for like a week. And that like, that fucks with you, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, and I, and I feel like that is a, not a reasonable excuse, but it's like, that's a lot of emotional <laughs> stress <laughs> to like be dealing with on top of being on the run. You know, this is like, I don't know, just like poorly articulated team boy rage and it's just like what yeah harry is also at this dance watching the two people he has a crush on having crushes on each other and he's not screaming at anybody no he's a little shitty to cedric when cedric is like let me talk to you for a second but like it is nothing nothing on what ron is doing and to everyone who's like he's jealous I just invite you to be like, okay, you're the one Ron is yelling at because he's jealous. Do you still feel like it's excusable? Do you still feel like his behavior is okay? Because I don't, I don't think if you're the one that is, it's being directed at that you would still be like, oh yeah, it's like, it's understandable because he's jealous. Jealousy is not a good motive for treating people poorly. No. Or like yelling at people. No. Um, which like, honestly... I feel like between this and, like, Percy, I'm like, how come none of these boys, like, know about any kind of emotional intelligence? I'm like, what is, what happened? <laughs> I mean, it's super true. Like, it, it, it makes me, like, I'm just like, what is the baseline here of, like, <laughs> the emotional intelligence? It's, like, zero. And I'm like, okay, but, like, I've met, like, compassionate, like, thoughtful teenage boys, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've been recording for like a while now. Do you want to go into something political? Some of it is a little bit dark, but the rest of it is not dark. Sure. Okay. My last thing is about Hagrid's dad. Okay. The um, giant fucker. Because everything that we're getting about giants as very like fairy tale like murderous like eat your children sort of vibe mm-hmm. and then we have Hagrid's dad is just like hell yeah mm-hmm. um and like part of me is like a little bit like are there some weird consent issues with giants um I mean I guess I don't know I'm just like Hagrid's story does it totally jive with the information that we get about giants in these books? No, it doesn't. Which sounds very like, 
Oh, you know, she was like distant, not very maternal. Um, aren't like giants like twenty feet tall, mm-hmm. and like apparently have a very short temper, and maybe not super great communication skills with witches? I just have so many questions. Yeah. Like, did Hagrid's die? Did Hagrid's dad die trying to fuck another giant? Because this is really <laughs> what. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like. Pick him up and put him on a dresser. You thought it was really funny, and I'm like, okay. Um, but again, having a child with a giant who's like 20 feet tall and presumably could crush you, like literally crush you with her thighs. I'm just, I'm just like, what? What are the like? How was it like ethics? Because obviously, witches don't. You know, if it's like if you can communicate with me, and I guess we have an interlocking parts that are going to interlock. Because um, even Hagrid's like, why well, I've literally never met anyone else who was also half giant. So, it cl- so it's clearly very rare that right. this happens. And I'm just like, is this like, is this is it is is this whole situation iffy? I can't really tell. And then Hagrid is like, oh, is it on your mom and your dad's side, which has almost a whole <laughs> other questions. So many questions. <laughs> it's. I'm sorry. I think that is like the funniest question that has ever been asked in <laughs> Harry Potter because it's like imagine it was her dad like for one second a obviously that's like i mean artificial insemination sure but like that is like not happening that is i mean the only thing i can think of in that situation would be like okay so like gorillas gorillas are fucking huge right Mm -hmm. gorillas comparatively compared to humans have incredibly small dicks like they don't have like their genitals don't aren't they're not, they're not like a horse. It's not like a large animal, large penis when it comes to like primates. So if you can have a baby with a giant, they're clearly whatever part of the like, you know, mammalian branch that like people and like primates are on. So maybe mm-hmm. giants that have penises have comparatively have like proportionally smaller penises to like the size of the rest of them. Okay. But still, if not, however, a human, a human could not carry a half giant child to term. Wow, you are so right. I mean, maybe with like spells, but that sounds unlikely. that sounds like at four months that this, that kid's popping out because your body literally cannot take that anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Yeah, I'm sorry. This brings up just so many unfortunate questions <laughs> that I'm just like, I just need us to stop <laughs> because this is all real horrifying. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very. It would be so much less confusing if giants were like eight feet tall or something. Or like well, yes, but also I'm like thinking about just like thinking about the way that Grop is written. Grop is like a grown a- adult, not like a toddler, but seems to sort of interact with the world in a toddler-like fashion, which also raises a lot of consent issues because it's like how much, like if, if someone like a- approached Grop and was like, let's fuck, like how, how able is Grop to be like, yeah, like I meaningfully consent to doing this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that is definitely part of my like, question about consent 
I think part, I mean, I think Grop is like, if not a child, still like maybe not very adult as like other giants, I think. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the way that Grop is written, I guess I've always assumed that like, not like a child child, but still like young. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we just, I, but like Grop is really the, the only like meaningful, not mixed giant that we get to compare this to and so it just again right. like just so many questions mm-hmm. and also Hager's dad had a very clear size kink and i really can't fault him for that but everything else is very very iffy yeah it really is all right i'm gonna wow. go refill my coffee <laughs> yeah like this like hour and a half long politics <laughs> We thought the last one was long. <sighs> oh my god, I we're gonna get an outpouring of emails <laughs> about Ron Weasley. It's gonna be a wild ride. All right, it is. But every, I mean, this this chapter is like possibly one of Ron's lowest point in the entire series. Like, truly, truly. Yeah. All right. Okay, go <sighs> refill your coffee. I'm gonna drink some more water. I'm parched now. <laughs> Welcome to Advertisements, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. Calling all listeners. Are you tired of hearing us talk about how we desperately need to increase our Patreon earnings by, like, (laughs) a lot, like, right now? Don't worry, there's an easy solution for that. For just a few dollars a month, you can join our Patreon (laughs) and help us meet that goal, which will allow us to shut the fuck up about it. Head to patreon.com slash thegailyprofit now. And pledge anywhere from 3 to $33 a month. And not only will you be helping us pay our bills, but you'll also rest easy knowing that you made it possible for us to stop being so dang annoying with these money asks. Patreon.com slash The Gaily Profit. It's like silencio, but instead of a wand, you use your credit card. <laughs> oh, man. I feel this just reminds me of like every host of an NPR show that's just like I know you're tired of us asking for money we're also tired of us asking for money just please pledge so we can stop asking for money (laughs) at least I'm funnier than an NPR host yes this is true um I do before I read the next ad just want to say thank you so much to all of you who have pledged and who have been our patrons and to our patrons who have upped your pledges we're overwhelmingly grateful. Thank you so much. Yeah, y'all are y'all are incredible, and uh, thank you to every one of you from the bottom of my heart. And I will thank you personally in Discord if you join our Patreon. You can have access to that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Next up, <clears throat> are you on a date so bad it would make an excellent TikTok? Are you literally sitting there watching your date stare wistfully at the two people he has a crush on while he ignores you completely, (laughs) despite the fact that you look fucking incredible and he's honestly so lucky you agreed to go with him at all? Introducing Bobaton Boys. Bobaton Boys are the hottest thing to hit the dating scene since the introduction of hookup apps. With Bobaton Boys, there's nothing to sign up for and no need to swipe right. Bobaton Boy's internal sensor alerts them to your presence within seconds, and before you know it, a hottie with a cute accent will be asking you to dance. Bobaton Boys are the bad date remedy you've always dreamed of, and best <laughs> of all, they're totally free. So try Bobaton Boys today and say au revoir to bad dates for good. 
Thank you. <laughs> that is incredible. Welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff. Uh, I just want to say that I think I've covered all of my editorials already. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Does that mean you don't have anything left for the episode? No, I have some in personals, actually. Okay. All right. So my first editorial is that just this um, pang of just frustration that I got when reading about the fact that Percy is going to go snitch on Mo- or snitch to Molly about the fact that the twins are talking about selling their fake wands at Zonko's, which isn't even true. Ludo's lying, but like, I don't know, man. Percy sometimes really bugs me. <laughs> It's like, Percy, you don't have to be that person. Exactly. Um, And then staying on Percy, he still very much sounds like he's poisoning Crouch. (laughs) (laughs) Out of control! (laughs) Someone in the ministry is like, are you sure that the Weasley boy hasn't murdered Crouch? (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to feel bad when Barty Crouch does, actually. Well, I guess, I don't know. It's never been clear to me. If it became wider knowledge that, like, Barty Crouch Sr. was murdered. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. Doesn't Percy get his job anyway? <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know that either. Mm. I mean, anyway, the government is completely just in disarray regardless, so. Quite so, yes. Um, all right, so I already expressed in my headline just my, like, weirded out frustration about the fact that Snape and Karkaroff and also Hagrid and Maxime are having these, like, highly sensitive conversations here and now like what especially snape and karkaroff because they are actively like patrolling bothering students who are just fucking trying to make out so you know that they're there you know there are people around that you can't even see it's bad decision making yeah it really doesn't make any sense um and then that like that second part is my last editorial which is like leave leave them alone why are you why are you blowing up the rose bushes why are you taking house points away from people they're not doing anything wrong they're being teenagers because he's a vindictive piece of shit it sucks who hates anyone else being happy because he's unhappy and also you're rooting all of the hard work that went into these magical roses like that too probably pissing off the fairies which everyone knows is incredibly dangerous yeah. Well, I mean, now a lot of not great things happen to Snape. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who is to say that pissing off some fairies wasn't maybe the start of? Maybe it's all because he angered the Fae. I love that. Yeah, don't uh, do that, everyone. Yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like when Hagrid and Madame Maxine were talking, I'm like I feel like twenty people can hear what's happening right now. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, but, like, that kind of decision-making has, like, never been Hagrid's strong suit. And Maxime is very much, like, people are fucking listening. Like, we are not having this talk right now. Yeah. I did have to laugh about her big bones comment. Yeah. So, Which I feel like I've only ever heard in terms of people being like, oh, I'm not fat, I just have big bones. And I'm like, people can definitely have different size skeletons, but just say that you're a fat person i don't know anyway i just associate it with uh south park which i think makes it funnier because that's like the recurring thing of like cartman insisting that he has big bones 
So it's really hard for me to hear someone say that not in like South Park voice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff. Uh, I guess there's more romantic stuff than sexy stuff. Okay. But just Hermione confirming that like Crumb trying to approach her is like very like cute unproblematic rom-com and i'm really here for that mm-hmm. like i love a humble awkward king and i'm like oh victor mm-hmm. you're so cute <laughs> it's yeah it's lovely yeah it is very sweet and i don't know i think this is why part of me why i'm like I actually do ship this i'm like she should have just kept on again off again with crumb would have been great mm-hmm um also speaking of adorable rom-com moments uh Hagrid and Meta Maxine are I think two-thirds of the way through a rom-com maybe halfway through they like they're like waltzing in the in the thing they're having a great time and then there's this reveal Mm -hmm. and there's like some strife it's still very Mm rom-com especially since they still like end up dating in the end which is great Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but I just uh I love this for Hagrid I do too this time yeah. I'm just like, everyone's in a rom-com. <laughs> Except for Harry and Ron. <laughs> yeah, they're in an entirely different piece of media. Yeah. Or I guess they're kind of the Joey in 10 Things I Hate About You of <laughs> the rom-com. <laughs> like, Ron is the Joey for sure right now. Oh man, what a good movie that is. It is a good movie. Um, cool. Before we leave, I want to say so, so many thanks to Anna for leaving us a donation. And also, I want to thank our latest reviewers, IVA778, Imogenissima, and Shona Needs. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. This podcast and our other podcast, Escape from Reality, are both creations of Hashtag Ruthless Productions. Tell all your friends about this podcast. Like us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at The Gaily Prophet. And you can also check us out on our website if you want to buy some merch to support us for all of the Aries birthdays in your life. Our website is uh, hashtag ruthless.com. If you want to find me on the internet, you can do so on Instagram where I'm at Lark Malachi, or you can go to my website, which is LarkMalachi.com, and you can buy my tarot deck. You can pre-order my tarot deck in our aforementioned shop on hashtag Ruthless.com. Which you totally should, because this is a good year to learn tarot. It sure is. You can find me on Instagram at Live Detroit, and on Twitter at jesse underscore detroit if you want to see how my very slow healing process is going um and speaking of jesse's healing process if you ever want to send us mail like get well soon cards or whatever we have a po box that we don't talk about very much but the website or the address is under the contact form on our website all right, the music and our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. And until next time. Just a gif of Lucille Bluth saying good for her. <laughs>